Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody feeling today? Hey, it's not 147 degrees. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like setting records up in Brunswick County. It was just, it was, the water temperature hit uh, over 80. I don't know, it was just hot. You know what I mean? Like somehow Florida moved to the Carolinas and we kicked them out. And so we're back to our normal 80 degree self. So here's the thing. Today, as you see, is Family Fun Day. We are going to have a blast. There's going to be lots of uh, games for the kids in the parking lot. There's going to be tie-dyed shirts uh, for not just the kids. If y'all want to tie-dye some shirts, too, it's coming back. The 70s are in style. Come on, somebody. And uh, see, Chris, you didn't even know it. You just kind of, it's just natural for you. And um, uh, But here's the thing. Sometimes when you come to functions like this, there's those moments where you've seen that lady, you've seen that guy about 17 times, but you have no clue what their name is. And you're like, hey, brother, good to see you, sister. God bless you. Uh, No clue. Uh, So what we're going to do, we're going to make it a little bit easier on everybody. The ushers are going to come forward back again, and we're going to hand out some name badges. Uh, So we're going to have those little name badges. You can put them right there. Come on, you can clap for that, somebody. You don't have to act like you know that person's name, because it's right there. It's going to be awesome. So take, get that name badge on, and if you really want to be crazy, you can put somebody else's name on it, and then, <laughs> then you will know. So while they're doing that, um, we actually have a very uh, special moment this morning. We have some graduates in the house. Yes. They didn't, yeah. So I'm going to invite... Kirk and Shelly Riffle. Those of you who don't know Kirk, Kirk is our, uh, one of our lead board members here at the church. He has the job of keeping me in check, so I keep him on his toes. Um, did we get a microphone for you guys? Uh, yeah, you can, have, you can have this one right here. Key, key vocal. Um, and I'm going to hand the mic over to Kirk and uh, take it away with, with some of our graduates. Man, I'm waiting to see what a prorated hammer looks like. <laughs> right, so we're super excited, not only to, to celebrate the graduates, because it's an awesome step that they've taken, but uh, because we have a graduate, so one of the kids that Shelly's going to be announcing is our daughter, uh, so extra applause for that one, please. No, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So Shelly, why don't you uh, announce the graduates for us? Um, let's see, I'm not a in front person, so bear with me. Um, we've got... From the early college, and no, I got it. She's gonna start crying. She's got a graduate. Mama gonna start crying. We've been celebrating for days. All right, from the early college and um, uh, Brunswick community, we have Mia Babson. Where's she at? Come on up. Come on up. We have Alexander Horn. Come on, just hang out right here. And Tequila Moore. All the way from Sacristy yeah. High School, we have Samantha Carney. 
And for West Brunswick, we have Allie Miller. <laughs> TJ Sinto. <laughs> Ashley Trapp. <laughs> Alex Yance. Yeah, congratulations, man. Congratulations. All right, so if I could, for all of you that are old enough to have graduated from high school, just hold your hand up really high in this room so they can tell anybody in this room that is old enough to have graduated from high school, we're not actually going to ask if you really did graduate, but if you're old enough, keep your hand up really high. You guys, graduates, look around you right now. And you see all the hands up in the room. Now, keep... Have you ever played the game Shoots and Ladders? You have. Worst game ever. <laughs> it's right, because there's these shoots. There's this, like, little water slide, and you think you're winning, and then you go down the chute. And then there's all of these ladders, right, that, okay, you roll the dice, and you get to go up. So some of y'all in the room, you'll have no idea what this game is. Well, you would roll the dice, and there's these blocks, and if you rolled on a chute, you'd have to fall down, and if you rolled on a ladder, you got to climb up. And so you're playing this game, and you're with a group of people, and the thing is, you never really knew if you were winning, because it didn't matter how far along on the board you were. You could be almost at the end, and then you hit a chute, and boom, you're back down to number 11. You're like, No! Or you could be at the very end, and you roll the dice, and you hit a ladder, and boom, you're at the top. So it's like, boom, the shoots and the ladders. And I don't know about you, but sometimes life feels this way. Sometimes life feels like, man, sometimes I'm taking more shoots than ladders. Sometimes it feels like, man, I've been doing, going along, I'm at the, oh, we start all over. Have you ever had those moments where it just feels like one minute you're getting ahead, the next minute you're getting behind? One minute, all the bills are paid. The next day, none of the bills are paid. One moment, you go to sleep, and your marriage is great, and you wake up to find out you did something wrong. Like, what happened? I just went to sleep. How could I do something wrong in my sleep? And it feels like this. Uh, how did I take a shoot? And was I, I was asleep, girl. I mean, it just feels this way. And, and the thing about that game, the thing about life is this lesson here. Looking at your present circumstances is never the final word. Looking at your present circumstances is never the final word. Right now, you might be in a time in your life where, man, you're just on top of the mountain. You might be on a time where you are just in the lowest valley, but your present circumstances are not the final word. I want to read a portion of scripture, and we'll come back to that. It'll make more sense later. Uh, the book of Philippians, Paul is writing this letter to this church. Uh, he's writing this letter from a prison cell, and he says this in chapter 3, beginning with uh, verse 13. He says, listen, note, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of this race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Now he goes on later towards the end of this letter in chapter 4 and he says this. Listen, church, it's not that I was ever in need because I've learned this. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. 
I know how to live uh, with almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every, not some, but every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or an empty stomach, whether it's a chute or whether it's a ladder, whether it is with plenty or whether it is with little, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. I can do everything, not some things, but I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's a full stomach, whether it's an empty stomach, whether I'm on top of the world or at the bottom of the ring, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is crazy because you read this letter and all of a sudden you remember he's writing these words from a prison cell. And there's so much hope and there's so much joy in this letter to this church that you have to pause and just like, how did you do that, Paul? How was it that you were, you were being tortured, that you, that you were imprisoned, that, that you were beaten and left for dead off, often, and yet you can write these letters of just, man, joy and hope? Man, I don't know about you, but like, I have a bad day if the internet goes down, like, <laughs> Man, the internet goes, no, come on, ATMC. And Paul's just like, I don't need none of that. I don't need no cable. It's just, man, Paul, you got something that I want. I want to know. I want to have this perspective no matter what my present looks like. And he gives us this picture. And he says, listen, this one thing, this one thing, you want to know what it is about my life that keeps me thinking like this, that keeps me living like this, that keeps me reaching people with the gospel the way I do it? He said, this one thing. Now, in, in traditional preacher form, he doesn't give us just one thing. He actually gives us three things. He says, well, you've got to do, do this, forgetting those things which are behind, looking at those things which are ahead, and pressing to that which is the high call heavenwardly in Christ Jesus. So it's like he knows this, though that you can't really do one without the other. He's giving you one thing, but he's giving you this trinity of things. It's, there's three and there's one. Is it one? Yes. Is it three? Yes. Is it Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Is there three of them? Yes. Is there one? Yes. What? Hold on. Paul's like, no, that, that's what I'm trying to show you. There's, there's this central idea. There's this one thing. Uh, just this last week, I was, or a couple, whenever, like, just so y'all know in the future, whenever I say just this last week or the other day, it could have been like seven years ago. <laughs> I have no idea what time, you know? So just the other day, uh, I was meeting with this young couple, and they're getting ready to get married, and we're talking, and we're just talking about different things, and, and we get to a point in the conversation where we start talking about in-laws, and mother-in-laws, and father-in-laws, and, and, and we're talking, and, and I said, listen, this is what you need to understand about in-laws. Even if they don't come over, they came over, right? Like, they're in that woman. They are in that guy. Even if they don't join you for a family barbecue, they are there. When you wake up, I guarantee you they are there. It's all in us. They came over. Like, are you marrying this girl? Yeah, but you you getting the whole package. Her mama's coming over too. Her daddy's coming over too. Even if they don't come over, they came over. It's this three in one. It's this, this trinity that happens. It's this coming together. And Paul gives us this letter. And the first thing he says, listen, understand this. In order to move forward, you've got to stop looking back. 
I forget those things which are behind me. If you want to move forward, before you can start moving forward, you've got to stop looking back. You are never going to move forward with your life if you're constantly looking in the rearview mirror. Now, I have a daughter that's seven years old, and there's a few different kind of parenting techniques that me and my wife have decided that there's just certain things that we're going to do with our kids that might be a little bit different, certain ways that we want to train them that we feel is just going to be better for uh, the living in this world. And one of those things is uh, we wanted them to have a good understanding that life isn't fair. Like, if you are expecting everything to be fair, like, you are going to be sorely disappointed. And, and so we're teaching them this lesson in different ways. And, and then another lesson that we're teaching our daughters is, like, whenever you play, we're playing to win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just, we've made that decision. We don't want participation ribbons in the Granger household. Like... I know some people are in the room like, no, the kid will feel like, no, if you didn't win, you didn't win. And so, part, and, and y'all think I'm joking, but I'm absolutely serious. So there's nothing funny about this. And uh, so we do certain things. And, and the other day, me and my daughter are in the pool, and she's like, Daddy, we're going to race. And I was like, well, if we're going to race, you, you better try to beat me. Okay, Daddy, I'm going to beat you. And then I smoked her. And I was like, you got to step it up a notch, girl. I mean, I don't, I don't care how short your arms are. Just, if you're going to win, you're going to do it legit. So, so we're swimming. I'm like, all right, I understand. I got, you know, I'll give you a head start. And so I gave her a little bit, you know, where it's a nice size pool, and we give her a head start, and I still beat her. And we let her go about halfway, and then I still beat her. She gets to the end. She's like, Daddy, well, I don't understand. Why can't? And I was like, let me, let me help you. Let me, let me train you a little bit right now. And she keeps beating me. But the thing is, while we're swimming, we'd say go, and she'd start going, and then I'd start going, and she'd start looking behind. Where's daddy at? Where's daddy at? And I, and I sat her down. I said, honey, listen, I want you to beat me. There would not, there'd be nothing inside of me that would make me more happy than for you to beat me. But understand this, Kobe. You will never, never beat me if you keep looking back. If you keep looking over your shoulder wondering how close I am to you, I will always beat you. And I'm here to tell you, I, I think there's this picture that Paul's painting for us and he shows and there's this upward prize in, in Christ Jesus that God is calling us to. That God's, God's literally at the finish line saying, come on. Jesus said, listen, these things that, that I've done, you're going to do an even greater. I want you to win, Kirk. I want you to do it. Come on. I'm calling you upward in Christ. But you're never going to fulfill your destiny looking back. As long as you're looking over your shoulder wondering, man, who's gaining on who? Me, who no, you're never going to do it. Paul knows this, forgetting those things which are behind me looking at those things which are ahead. I remember the first probably four to five years of this church, I, I just, I did not enjoy being a pastor. And, and anytime things went wrong, I always would start complaining to God and I would tell God, God, I was such a better missionary. 
Uh, On the mission field, I mean, I I was doing so well. There was all of these things. I was preaching to thousands of people. We were seeing hundreds and hundreds of people come to Christ. I I mean, I was a really good missionary. God, why do you have me here doing this? I'm no good at it. I have the letters to prove it. People tell me. (laughs) I got the Facebook reviews. I got Google reviews. They tell me. They say, you are horrible. God, have you not read these? I mean, I was a five-star missionary, you know, and like, it just felt like I was just never getting forward. And I remember it was about year five that I finally got into the place where I just said, you know what, I'm not going to look back anymore. Those days were good, but those days are over. Those days were good, but those days are over. And something happened. When I stopped looking back, I started moving forward. I started enjoying life. I started enjoying this journey. I started throwing all those reviews in the trash can. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got to stop. You will never, you will never fulfill your call looking back. I, in this room right now, it's not just high school graduates, but there's, there's a lot of folks in this room that Brunswick County, we are predominantly a retired area, a retirement, not retired. The area itself didn't just, ah, we're done with commerce. Um, so we are a retirement place. And, and, and I've noticed this. So for all of you folks that are here that you've, you've kind of had this dream to move here and retire, I've noticed this about your lives. Like those that are really, really enjoying their retirement understand that the past is just that, in the past. The ones that are struggling with their retirement are the ones that keep looking back are the ones that, man, it was just so much better when we lived there. It was so much better when we lived in Ohio. It was so much better when we lived in, no one ever said Jersey, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't happen here. Come on, all my Jersey people. You know it's true. You can't wait. I mean, did y'all get robbed on the way to church this morning? No. Your car will still be in the parking lot when you leave here. Not so in Jersey. I love y'all. I love y'all. That's all my northern people in the house. So listen, you've got to stop looking back, understanding, listen, that was great, but that season's over. And I think sometimes when we look at this verse, when we think about forgetting those things which are behind, we just, we just think about the bad things. We think about the mistakes. We think about the sins. But that's not what Paul's saying. He's like, even the good stuff, all of the stuff that, man, that was great and wonderful, man, that was yesterday. It was wonderful that all of these amazing things happened and that's a great success. I think one of the worst things in life is someone to have this great success moment and then just like ride that for the rest of your life like life's over. Like the one hit wonder of like, oh, you had a one hit album and now we'll never see that band again. Like, but sometimes I think that's how we live our lives. And that is not what the gospel teaches. That's not what, there's a reason why God's up there saying, no, 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 I'm calling you onward. I'm calling you heavenward because you still got some ground to take. You still got some things to do. You still got some laps to swim. Stop looking over your shoulder and come on. I'm calling you upward. We're moving forward. Stop looking back. It's not just the failures, but it's also the success. You're not there anymore. And actually, Paul even addresses this earlier in the same chapter where he says, listen, when, when I was younger, 
Man, I was, I was the Hebrews of the Hebrews. I was the Pharisees of the Pharisees. When it was concerning the law, I was strict in obeying everything. I was the man. When I walked down the, the road, people patted me on the back, and they were like, that's Paul. He's so awesome. He knows all the scripture, and he does all of these right things. But then he goes on to say, listen, all of that, I count it as worthless. All of the success that man told me I was good at, everything I built my life upon for years and years of my life, all of the things that I was doing that I thought made me righteous, now when I set that compared to what Christ has done, it says nothing. All of it. And Paul was the man, y'all. He, he, he knew his stuff. And he's like, all of that, nothing. Your yesterdays. No matter how glorious or how painful is nothing compared to what Christ has done and is doing in you. That there is hope for tomorrow. There is hope for today. Christ is at work. Now here's the thing. It doesn't mean it's going to get easy. It doesn't mean just because, okay, I'm putting that in the past. I'm forgetting that. Moving forward doesn't mean that, oh, man, this, this journey is just going it's, it's to be, be easier. No, the truth of the matter is it's probably going to get a whole lot harder. The truth is uh, there's going to be some things. There's going to be quite a few more shoots than there are ladders sometimes. As a matter of fact, there was a guy who ran a computer simulation on this game because he had nothing else to do. And he ran the game a thousand times to get these mathematical equations to know what are your odds of getting shoots, what are your odds of getting ladders, what are the odds of how many times you roll the dice to win the game. And, and he found out this, that actually numerically when you're playing this game, there's a 4.4 chance, times more chance that you will get a shoot than a ladder. And oftentimes, I was like playing this game, I think sometimes it feels that way, like there is just more shoots then ladders, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some problems. Things like Kirk said, you all put your hands down because life didn't work out exactly the way you thought it would. But here's the thing. When we grab a hold of what Paul's saying and we see things through the lens of what Christ has done and is doing, now all of a sudden there's purpose in the pain. Now all of a sudden, it doesn't mean that's going to get easier, but now there's an understanding that we serve a God who works all things for the good. And whether my, my belly is full or whether or not I'm going hungry, whether or not my bank account is full or whether or not my bank account is empty, whether or not everything is working the way I thought it should or whether or not God works all things for the good. And we had this moment this morning where we had all of the graduates come up here. And, like, there's this celebration of just, like, oh, yes, I have graduated high school. I've done it in 12 years. Some of us 13 or 14 years. But I did it. I've graduated high school. I'm, like, so happy. That means I get to sleep in. I get to just, ah, oh, it's freedom, right? It's freedom. Y'all remember back when you graduated high school? It's like, oh, I'm free from that. No more tests. Like, this good feeling. But they didn't tell us the truth. Actually looked it up. And freedom, uh, in, freedom from high school in the Greek means bills. <laughs> That's why it just says bills. You now get to go to work even earlier and stay later. Like, this is what you have to look forward to. And then the day will come when you will have kids. 
and these little, these little munchkins will run around. And, and there will be days where you just you don't feel like going to work. But hold on, I do feel like eating. So you go to work, and it doesn't matter if you're sick. <laughs> it doesn't matter what's going on because if I don't do this, this little baby of mine doesn't get to eat. And, and so we do things, and sometimes life gets really, really hard. And sometimes there's nights where that child is just crying and crying and crying, and you're just doing everything you can to be a good parent, and you're trying to figure it out. But when you understand what Paul's saying, you understand that there's purpose in the pain. You understand that it's worth it. You understand I'm forgetting these things which are behind. I'm looking towards these things which are ahead. No matter what comes at me, I can do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now here's the thing. You can leave this place and you can think, uh, okay, that, I'm, I'm, I'm pastor, I'm doing it. I'm going to forget what's behind me, the, the good, the bad, the successes. I'm going to start looking forward and, and you're going to leave this place and you're going you're to try and like live better and you're going to fail. I'm going to bust your bubble right now. It's going to happen. You're going to fail because the reason why is because you don't know which way is north. Paul tells us, listen, I'm focused on these things. I'm forgetting which are behind. I'm looking which are ahead. But I press, I'm focused on the call upward in Christ Jesus. He knows exactly what he's moving towards. And what happens in our society is we get it into our minds that, listen, I'm going to move out from this place, but we really don't know what direction we're going to move into. Our vision for the future oftentimes isn't a vision for the future. It's just a vision to leave this place. It's just, I don't know what it's like, but I just got to get out of here. I just got to get out of this marriage. I just got to get out of this church. I just got to get out of this county. I just got to get out of this job. You have no idea where you're going, but you just want to move in a certain direction. And oftentimes, you'll start moving into a direction in which God's like, I never called you to that. Because that's what Paul did. He spent years and years of his life moving into a direction in which he thought was closer to God, but what really was taking him further away from God. He was moving in a direction which he thought this was righteousness, and he, this is what it looks like. And God has to break into his life and says, Listen, why are you persecuting me? Whoa, whoa, God, I thought I, was, thought I was serving you. No, you're not. You're not, Paul. You're actually persecuting me. You're actually going against everything that I stand for. And sometimes I think we get in that mindset, we get in that movement where all of a sudden it's not this movement towards grace, but this movement towards being a Pharisee, right? Like, that's not what Jesus has called you to. Like, if you've been walking with Jesus for a number of years, your life should be more filled with grace because you know how much you need it. Your life should be more filled with mercy because you look in the mirror every morning. And, and if your life is moving towards pointing your finger and judging others, you're moving away from Jesus. I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's just the truth. We should be moving closer and closer to Jesus. And we get frustrated because, again, our vision for the future is just to leave this place. And we live in a generation where often, especially some of us younger ones, I don't know if I should say us, I'm not, I've got a lot of gray, a lot of gray in the hair. Some of those younger ones, it's still, I'm trying. And, but we begin to define ourselves by what we're not rather than what we are. We begin to define ourselves, well, I'm not that. And we do it especially within Christianity. Oh, well, I'm a Christian because I don't cheat, I don't steal, 
I don't cuss. I don't do drugs. So that makes me a Christian, and I'm not these things. I didn't ask you what you're not. I asked you what you are. As a matter of fact, this actually happens in the Scripture. Matthew chapter 11, there's this, there's this moment where uh, John has been put in prison. He sends word to Jesus and says this. Now, it's important to the fact that he's in prison, right? When he's out in the fields and he sees Jesus coming, he's all, look, the one who takes away the sins of the world. Why? Because he has this wide open vision. Now, all of a sudden, you put him in a jail cell, and he's like, hold on. This isn't how I thought life was supposed to turn out. I've taken a shoot. I thought I was going to be taking some ladders. He's taking a shoot. And now, all of a sudden, he's warning. He said, listen, send this message to Jesus. Are you the Messiah? Are you the one that we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? In other words, he's like, Jesus, are you, are you the man? Are, are you the one? And then this is what Jesus says. I love his response. Jesus tell them, go back to John. He didn't get mad. Just listen. I understand. I know John's in a place in his life right now where, man, he's, he's surrounded by prison walls. He's wondering. There's a, there's, there's a lot of things going on. Tell this to John. Tell him what you've heard. Tell him what you've seen. The blind see. The lame walk. The lepers are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. Come on, somebody. He's saying, listen, whatever John's going through, you need to go back with this message to him. Let him know. These are all the things that you have seen. And I love the fact that Jesus says all the things. He doesn't not once list one thing that he's not. He doesn't say, go back to John and tell him how good of a job I am with keeping all the laws. Don't go back to, go back to John and tell him how holy I am and how righteous I am because all those laws in Leviticus, how I'm fulfilling everything. He didn't mention any of that. No, he's like, no, look at what's happening. Look at what's going on. Look at what I'm doing. I've come to, to preach this gospel, to set captives free. It's what I am. I think uh, there's, this, there's this moment actually in Genesis where uh, Moses is at the burning bush, and he asks again the question, who should I tell him sent me? And to which God's response is, tell him I am. His response was, well, tell him I am not. Tell him I am not, fill in the blank. I am not a God. That And if we're not careful, our lives can be defined by what we're not. We can find ourselves moving into a direction that as long as it's there, not there, I'll be okay. Now, here's the irony of this. Track with me. Yeah, I've seen this so many times in life. There's those people that they just made up and say, I don't know what I want, but I know what I don't want. And what I know I don't want is I don't, my, my parents were an alcoholic, so whatever it is, I'm not going to be an alcoholic. So I'm moving this way. But I'm telling you, like nine times out of ten, you know what happens with that person? They become an alcoholic. The, the, the person says, I, I don't know, I'm just not going to parent my kids this way. I'm moving. And then they end up doing exactly the thing that they said they would never do. Now, I know you can't say amen. I, I know you've never done that. I know you've never made those. I will never statements. I will never do this like my mama. And then that was that day where you did it just like your mama. And you were like, oh, Lord. I became like my mama. Is it because we, we start to move in a direction? It ultimately leads us back to that very thing that we were trying to escape from. So when you left and you tried to escape whatever it was, now you're surprised when you found it 2,000 miles away. Now you're surprised when you found it at the next church, in the next marriage, with the next pastor. Come on, because you didn't have a vision for the future. 
You just had a vision for, well, I just ain't going to be there. That's good old Southern talk right there. I ain't going to be there. Forgetting those things will harm him. Looking at those things, knowing your prize. Listen, if you don't know your end game, you will give up in the middle. If you don't know your end game, you will give up in the middle. You will see the pain and forget the promise. You will see the pain and you will forget the promise. Because things will get hard. And here's the thing about pain. Pain is a liar. Pain says it will always be like this. Pain says your marriage will never get better. Pain says this job will always be like this. Pain says you're going to always be broke. Pain says you're never going to experience healing in your body. Pain says this is how life is going to look like forever and ever. And that's just not what the scriptures say. But if you don't know your end game, you will give up when times get rough. Listen, I want to remind you this morning that we serve a God of resurrection that we serve a God of hope. We serve a God who has overcome death and the grave, and death itself has nothing on me, that even if we die, we win, that no matter what, even, even if, if, if it seems like the enemy has gotten the last word, he hasn't, because the grave is empty. He has got the final word, and ultimately, you will never find the full fulfillment of the prize that you're looking for on this planet. There will be things in this life that you will not have a full understanding about until there's that moment where you stand in front of your Savior and you know him just as you are fully known. And it's just like, okay, God. But I guarantee you, in that moment, you won't be thinking about the pain. You'll say, God, it was worth it all. It was worth it all. If you would, please stand with me to your feet. These present sufferings are not even worthy to compare to the glory that will be revealed in us. These, these present pleasures, these present pains are nothing in comparison to the joy that has come and is coming. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Not death, nor life, nothing in all of creation, nor good, nor bad, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whether it's a full belly or an empty belly, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whether I'm going up a ladder or I'm falling down a chute, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When we find our focus on Jesus, this is what happens. Our past, we begin to see our past through the lens of redemption. Our present, we begin to see through the lens of renewal. And our future, we begin to see through the lens of hope. Our past, our present, our future, this three in one, they come together. Because he's our first, he's our last, he's everything in between. Everything in between. This week, I heard a story. There's a mom in the room this morning and uh, she has a seven-year-old son, and uh, he was talking to a teacher, and the teacher asked him this question. The teacher said, hey, if you had three wishes, what would you wish for? If you had three wishes and you could wish for anything, what would you wish for? Now, remember, this is a seven-year-old, so you're expecting, like, I'm wishing for extra jello, with some gummy beans, wishing for some... some new toys. 
You know what he said? His very first thing that came out of his mouth, out of his mouth. I wish that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Seven years old. That I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this morning, I just want to let you know that we have a God up in heaven that's looking down below. And he's saying, come on, my son. Come on, my daughter. You could do it. You don't have to give up halfway through. You could do it. It's through Christ who strengthens us. No matter what you're going through, he's big enough. And there is nothing, nothing that you could do to escape his love. Let's take a moment and let's pray together. Lord Jesus, just right now in this room, this moment, Lord God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just fill hearts and minds. And Lord, if there's someone in this room that just, they just feel like they've been searching for something, Lord, we know that that answer is you. So God, may your presence just fill them. If there's people in the room that it just, they've lost track of hope. Lord, if they've not been focusing on you, Lord, but been focusing on the problems, focusing on the pain, Lord God, we just change our focus this morning. God, you're the author and the finisher of our faith. You're the beginning. You're the end. You're the first. You're the last. And God, we can do all things through you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.